Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast. This is episode 112 where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member. On today's show we are joined with John who's going to be talking about his time working at the Disney College program down in Walt Disney World. Now he's going to be discussing his time working on an attraction that we've actually never talked about on the show before. But as you can see in the title of this episode, we're going to be going to the Rockin' Roller Coaster. So John was, I learned a lot from John from this episode, so I'm excited for you guys to listen. But not only is he going to be talking about the Rockin' Roller Coaster, he did a few other things as well that he's going to discuss. So you know what? Why don't we just jump right into it and begin this episode of the Access Press Podcast. On today's show, we have John from Queens, New York. John, how are you doing on this fine Saturday morning? Doing pretty good. Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to have you on here. Uh, it's always fun talking Disney, and it's something rare I do on a Saturday, which is great, but uh, I wanted to make sure we got you on the show, so pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to be talking about this, so yeah. Excellent. Yeah, how's the, how's your fall going so far? We're we're I don't know how if, how you feel about the Halloween season, but I'm I'm all for it. Oh, so, same. I uh, usually for work, um, I'm a head like I'm holiday person, so Halloween, Christmas, all that stuff is just me decorating, and I usually do a whole theme uh, for my job. Uh, last year was um, creepy carnival, um, and I decorated the entire. Um, office in just like carnival themes like we had a bat giant backdrop with a tent and I was a creepy clown and everything so it, it was good I should have done it this year since Pennywise like <laughs> it too came out but um, this year it's just more of like children of the corn type style so I'm excited for it oh that's so neat yeah I I wish I could still do that. I work in a big corporate office and I can't really do anything like that. But when I had worked in like in smaller companies, I like decked out my like uh, my cubicle. I put all these like spider webs and stuff like that. And I kind of miss doing that. I can't do that anymore. But that's like really fun. You're going to have to show me some photos of that. Um, but yeah, that's cool that you're able to get into the Halloween spirit over at work. Yeah, because I, I live in an apartment complex, so we don't really decorate um it's it, like the apartment itself but when it comes to my job i'm like hey this is our space like it's it's pretty big the office um we have about 50 employees there um and it's only one office of like 10 across the country so it's very it's very different setup but with this office everyone's very close to each other so everyone knows each other's name and i just happen to be the one that when i came on board i was like hey I want to decorate for Halloween. You guys don't really do that. I mean, they put like little creepy, like like spiders around, you know, or that. I'm like, but I kind of want to go full theme. And they're like, for it. I'm like, okay. So they let me run around, run around with a credit card and have fun. 
buying stuff for decoration, so it's always good. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's awesome. Maybe one year you'll have to do like a uh, Mickey's not-so-scary uh, theme or something like that. But uh, Cool. So, yeah, so uh, I could talk about Halloween all day, but we're here to talk about you and your role working down at Disney. But before we get to, to our Disney talk today, I do want to talk about just like your background and your history with the Disney parks and maybe how you like fell in love with it. So just tell me a bit about that. So with Disney itself, um, my first time ever going to the parks was the college program. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. My family could never really afford it. Um, Like just the travel from New York down to Florida and we were just always constantly busy. Um, So we wound up just doing local attractions uh, more so. Um, like Six Flags was like my big thing, but, uh, with Disney, it was always something I fell in love with. We grew up on the Disney movies. Um, like, uh, my sister who is a few years older than me, like her movie was like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, all that. So her being older, that's all we watched. Um, so me being an impressionable little kid, um, I was immersed into the Disney, uh, world. Um, and we like Winnie the Pooh uh, with Piglet and Tigger and um, and then Dumbo. And then as I got older, um, I just fell more in love with just the animation side of it. Like I just saw more of the style. Like one of my favorite characters is Stitch. And uh, I just kept on going after that, seeing and then being just a Disney kid like watching disney channel um abc family like all those all those activities and then seeing disney parade and uh during christmas time it it just enveloped all this information so it it definitely helped build that suspense and then finally when i got to go on my own i was like wow this is absolutely amazing (laughs) Well, that's crazy because I, I think you're the first person that I've ever had on the show to do the Disney College program that hadn't been to Disney beforehand. At least I don't remember. Um, but so I, I, I have to know, like, how like how did you find out about the, the college program? Like where like, yeah, how did you learn about it? So in my full semester of college, um, they were advertising it everywhere um, because it's apparently very big i at the time i didn't know it was so big what year and, sorry what year is this i just want to put a timeline on this uh this when i signed up it was 20 uh, 2009 okay. um and i did the inter- internship for the sp- spring of 2010 gotcha okay uh so i was signing up everything i went to like seminars and me being 18 i was like kind of like in uh, 18 19 i was kind of like impulsive i was like i i love adventures so I saw this opportunity. I saw, oh, they're giving, uh, they're doing classes as well. Like, go down there, and it's an actual like internship. And so I was like, this is perfect. See what we can do, um, and go from there. And then uh, it all happened within a week. So I basically saw the poster, went to uh, like um, a preview at my college about what it was told my mom and was like, hey, I'm going down to Disney. I didn't even tell her, I'm thinking about it. I said, I'm going. <laughs> and it was also more of the fact that I didn't go away to college. So it was kind of like an experience of going away and living on my own for several months and seeing how that lifestyle was without the added expense of staying in a, like a major dorm, spending $30,000 for for two semesters or whatever the um, – room and board costs now uh at that time was so it was definitely a different situation where i was just like i want to try this i've never been to disney and i now i get to work for them and i also thought well i'm building up my resume so this is perfect who doesn't want to see on um, your resume that you worked for one of the biggest companies in the world at, at one of their theme parks and what did you do for them and all that uh, it's so cool. I love that. I love like the spontaneity of it. You're just like, you know, I I want to do this. Like that's uh, that makes me kind of like wish uh, I had done that because 
I've said this on the show plenty of times where I was accepted into it, but I just, I didn't make that leap of faith. And like, you were just like, nah, I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't care. I've never been down there. Um, so was this like the furthest you've, you've ever been away? Like, did you commute to the school or did you, have you ever lived away from, uh, from home at all? Uh, no, the furthest, uh, the longest I've ever been away from home was about 10 days uh, when I did my senior high school trip to Europe. Um, but overall, I've never stayed away for long periods of time. I did the internship for seven months. Uh, so that was a drastic change. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, how, but, so, so going down there, like how was how was the transition from going to New York to Florida? That that was a change because I've never I wasn't ever in Florida before. Um, the furthest south I've ever been was North Carolina to see family. Uh, so North Carolina to Florida is also very different, and it just was it was kind of like, oh wow, this is this is really happening. Like once I got off the plane in Orlando, I'm like, in the Orlando airport, I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And so they actually piled us all onto a bus with other um, college program uh, students, like uh, cast members. And we were actually all on the same plane from New York. And we were like, oh, wait, you're from what part of New York are you from? And all this. So that van actually started my trip. And I made friends just in that van itself. And... We, everyone was learning about a little bit of each other and throughout the program I actually stayed friends with those um, those other uh, students and it just it worked out like they were just part of a larger picture that was to come yeah and you're it, all, you're all like you're all fish out of water all excited you're all just going to do the same thing so yeah I could see how you guys can just like bond very quickly uh, over that yeah and it also helped the fact that we were all from New York and we all came to Orlando kind of like on a whim uh, like everyone was like oh I wanted to do this college program but we couldn't afford like uh, like certain things so it, it helped and the fact that they gave accommodations to a lot of people for uh, like living in apartments and stuff like that it definitely helped a lot of people say yeah let me go do that Awesome. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's cool that you were just, you got there and it all kind of just worked out. You met people that were in the same area as you. Um, so I'm curious now, like what was uh, your job role? Like what were you offers when, uh, that you were given the internship? So I was, uh, when they did the interview itself, uh, cause you go through like several steps. Um, it's like an online test. I, I don't know if it's the same now, but back then it was, um, an online uh, test via email, and then you get phone interview, and then a second phone interview. And then they kind of interview you when you get there as well. And kind of just see what you're um, fitting into. And um, I had chosen a, um, a few things, but my main thing was attractions. My goal was to work at either Haunted Mansion or Tower of Terror. Because my mentality is I love to scare people. And those were the two creepiest rides that Disney had on property. I like how it, it's all it all comes in back into circle now with the beginning of the show of you wanting to <laughs> do the, the Halloween setup at work. <laughs> yeah. It, so it was always that like creepy mentality um, that I, I always enjoyed, especially because uh, like I would see on TV, like they would advertise like the Tower of Terror uh, like when that opened and everything like that so it was always cool to be like all right that's a creepy um bellhop and then the movie came out with disney which was even uh better and it just caused a lot of um publicity for it so it was it was good and then but i wound up actually getting rock and roller coaster and so that was i was thrilled because one it's a roller coaster and i was like all right i can do this I didn't get to scare people, but I got to have fun and on my, uh, like to close out the ride and everything. When we get to that, if, uh, you basically got to ride the ride, that's how you close out the ride. No. <laughs> so that was, that was my favorite part. But, um, but yeah, that was our, uh, my main thing was rock and roller coaster. And then I did, um, Fantasmic and 
the parade and the show that traveled down uh, Main Street uh, that went in front of the Sorcerer's Hat um, a few times throughout uh, the month, just as like side shifts and everything like that. Okay, sweet. So you were pretty much based in uh, Hollywood Studios. Yes. Okay. Yeah, everything was Hollywood Studios. Cool. So yeah, no. Let's uh, let's kind of start with Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, so, you, so now you're there, and you go through your traditions and stuff, and then you get to training for Rock and Roller Coaster. Now, what was the training like uh, for that? That was intense. Um, I didn't know what to expect, and of course, you're learning a very powerful machine. Uh, so you're learning each position. There was about eleven or twelve positions throughout the entire. Um, uh, attraction that you were, were learning um, from greeter to all the way to operating the actual ride on the like the load platform the unload platform or even watching the ride um, from the command booth uh, so it was a lot of um, like focus like you had to focus on a lot of things um, there was one point where I actually like broke down like like I, I was like oh my god this is a lot and it was just because I was 19. I had not really experienced something like this and learning so many things at one point. And it was over a few days that you learned this. It's not, it wasn't even, I would say, like maybe it was a week, about a week or two. Um, but it was extensive for what you're just learning and like you go through different processes and, and the one position that I feared the most um, was a spot called uh, grouper front grouper because what was it now Fr face front front grouper yeah okay. basically have you been on the attraction of course yeah so the person that tells you what row to go into um, is that that's person's called the front grouper um, and and then there's also the back grouper um, so they just basically tell you where uh, what rows to go into and you had to just kind of think of numbers uh, like um, like the setup because you want to keep families in the same car and on top of that you want to make sure every seat is filled but then in the 43 seconds that uh, or 48 seconds that the ride has to roll out of the station and launch and then the next car comes in and then get everyone seated you want to make sure every row at least has two people ready to get on so all of that was like very like oh my god wow this is a lot that position though after i figured out little tricks for myself to keep track of it became my favorite position because i felt like i was like an auctioneer <sighs> where i would ask people like i was like speaking uh, like speaking very quickly and i was moving both lines the single rider line as well as the regular line and people were like everyone was happy they were getting on really quickly and i also had um being the um, back grouper you kind of interact with um guest services if they bring on like celebrities and they're like standing behind you so you kind of interact with them so you got to like meet certain people and like interact with them and so if you fill up your lines faster you kind of got to have a mini conversation while waiting for the next row to be built See, see, it's so funny that you mentioned that because when I go on rides like that where they have to fill in those spaces, it terrifies. Well, it it, it gives me like it gives me anxiety just thinking about like, wow, I could never do that. Like, I feel like I would just mess it up so badly. I'm bad with numbers. And like, I feel like I would just get lost of like in keeping track of all the rows because it's a pretty long car. And like. I, it's, yeah, I just, I could never do that. So I, I give you all the props to being able to pull that off. Cause I don't think I could. Yeah. Being 12 rows and not being, uh, from where you start, um, you're at like row like 10. So you don't really know if there's any rows from like one through six, cause you can't really see it. That's why you have the other position to kind of like help you, uh, like signify like what rows are open. Um, and it's usually row like. I would say uh, like two or four because people go for the first row and then you sometimes get like a family of four. So you have to like skip row two and then go to row three and four. And then 
from there you have to find another pair of two to send them down to row two. So it was just like little tricks. Like I would put the number two behind my back. So I would have that knowledge. Okay, I know I skipped row two. So I know now I have to send at least two people down to that row. Yeah. Well, it seems like that would probably be every every time that would happen because wasn't doesn't row one have its like a separate kind of line for it yeah it had its own separate row um basically if you wanted to uh to ride first row you had to step out of the regular line um when you got up to the grouper and you're like okay i want to ride front row they put you in a separate line because sometimes there would be Five other groups of people waiting to be riding in the first line, uh, first row. And to me, I would tell people if there is a line, I would tell them there's really no difference. The ride is completely dark. You're not going to really see any, um, anything except for the lighting effects and the lighting effects everyone sees. It's not just one, uh, like one person sees it and that's it. See, to uh, me, to me though, to to defend the front row people, <laughs> um, I like being in the front because like it's that blast off at the beginning that like, I just love every single time. And it's like, it's great having like no view, like no one in front of me. And just seeing that, like that's pretty much the main reason I like being in the front row is is just for that. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I love um, front row on roller coasters as well. And front row was probably front and last row were probably my favorite rows. Oh, great. Um, I think the back row is usually better on some, some cases. Yeah, no, it definitely is um, on some as well, but on this, I always enjoyed it as well. Um, it, both areas were probably my favorite. The middle was probably my least favorite Yeah. Uh, because you got a little bit of each section, but it was also not as thrilling. Um, but the front, uh, no, I definitely, uh, I'm not knocking the front row or anything like that. <laughs> I know. It, it was more of kind of, well, do you want to wait five more trains to ride the first a row or are you okay with second row and kind of see ahead but i get what you're coming from with the blast off and everything because that is fun because all of a sudden you're just being blasted down a tunnel into pure darkness and you you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah no for sure <laughs> yeah just side note uh speaking of like end of roller coasters i think um why am i blinking a uh, big thunder mountain railroad the the end is so much better than the front on Big Thunder Mountain, especially going over some of those hills. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I, I think about it all the time. I always want to ride in the back for Big Thunder. Oh, yeah. No, uh, Big Thunder, I always ride in the back as well as Mount Everest. Um, yes. Expedition Everest. Those two, I'm just like, I'm going in the back. And I always request it. I'm like, you get the most thrill out of those, especially on Expedition Everest, going down that final um, hill after the Yeti breaks the track. And you're like, Oh great! Here we go, and then you just get blasted. Out <laughs> You're just going down this giant hill, and it, it's just—it's tons of fun. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more because you say you said you kind of—I'm sorry to go back to this, but you said you kind of broke down a little bit during the training. I don't. Can you? I don't know if you want to talk about that a bit more because I'm just—I'm curious uh, of, of kind of what was going on and what was going through your head at that at that point. It was more just being overwhelmed because um, you're learning in this time frame, you're learning 11 new positions. And this one was the most, I guess you could say, impactful with guests because uh, you're face to face with them. And now you're trying to think on top of asking them questions like how many are in the party and trying to find like an additional group. It just some, seemed overwhelming for me at the time. And it was just um, during the initial training portion of it, it was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm like freaking out about this. My trainer took over, told me, like, go into the hallway and just like breathe for a second and then come back out and we'll uh, take it slow. I was like, OK, not a problem. And by the end of the training, I was like I was like a pro at it. So it was just kind of like everything was piling on. It was so it was kind of also within your like first several weeks at Disney on my own and everything. So it was just like, all right, I'm actually doing this on my own. Like I, like I don't know how to process it. I'm like 19 years old and 19. I I feel like most people don't know how to process things. 
like you're there just trying to enjoy life and so just learning the different positions um and the responsibility like just even with that um that position you didn't have really much responsibility you were just getting people into rows but like the responsibility of like watching the attraction and like getting people on the ride safely and everything like that because interacting with some guests were was very interesting later on that i found out that watching everything is key so when disney stresses that their safety is their number one thing it is truly their number one thing because you're dealing with the general public so it it, it was just a mindful thing that just kind of had me like a mini breakdown and i was just like can i actually do this like this is a lot of information and everything and because all the cast members that i interacted with they were very supportive like they were like oh welcome to our family like you guys will be great here um like we will always enjoy seeing new faces and everything like that so it's it's definitely it was just more of just like a mini breakdown at that time just realizing everything and then that impactful moment of all right this is a lot of information that i have to like process like within 30 seconds and trying to like get these people into their rows it, it just built yeah. up and i just finally like cracked at that point no i mean yeah that makes sense i mean it's definitely overwhelming and it's i mean rock and roller coaster definitely sounds like one of the more just kind of stressful jobs and yeah i could totally see why you were you were overwhelmed um so I'm, I'm curious, like, what was, like, an average day like? Like, did, did you work kind of, like, the same hours, or did your schedule change a lot? Like, what, what kind of went into, like, opening and closing Rock and Roller Coaster? So opening was mainly the full-timers. Um, they mainly had the morning shifts, um, and so they always opened. We occasionally got the opening um, shifts, but most college program um, kids were the night shifts uh, so our shifts usually started uh, also depended on the time of close of the park so if the park closed early um, we would start maybe around like two three o'clock and then work like a shift a six hour day but then there were also days that you worked 12 hours um, so and then if there's conventions it always changed but we were always um, I always made sure I was night uh, because I was not a morning person um, anytime um, I had to get up early, it was not going to be a good start. <laughs> so it was just like, all right, let's let's do this. So mainly my shift was uh, 4 p.m. to about 10, but we didn't get off of work till about 10, 30, 11. Because um, you're there, you have to wrap up the ride and everything like that um, and make sure everyone's out of the queue. Um, things are shut down, um, but it was a lot easier to shut down the ride than open the ride because uh, opening the ride took about 45 minutes itself because uh, you had to walk the entire length of the track and like just and just watch certain things um, and then start up the ride and all this. So it, it definitely was my preferred shift to be nighttime. And also it was just all um, college program kids. So and there were a few um, full-timers as well who just preferred the night but it was mainly um, college program and I always um, tell people as kind of a joke but also it's kind of true majority of the workers after 4 p.m. are co college students so Disney is run by college um, college kids and <laughs> well I mean I mean it makes sense because if you're like a full-time cast member living in Orlando like you probably have like families and stuff and it's just you're yeah it's easier for them to work from the day. I mean, yeah, you guys are just college kids and you run the night. So absolutely. Yeah. So it was just one of those things that like we all enjoyed because once we were done with our shift, we all left. We all went out together to like go eat because we were like, Oh, well, like we have nothing else to do now. It's like one o'clock in the morning. And so we're like, Hey, let's go eat somewhere. And so we, and we all lived in the same either the same complex or near each other in the different complexes so it's like it was perfect so we got to interact with each other and like we just built a little knit family of what was going on and everything like that awesome so you were, you were said earlier that like when you were closing rock and roller coaster part of the closing process was actually riding the ride so i just want to hear yeah. a little more about that 
Yeah, that was probably my favorite thing. And because of how it's closed out in that seven month period, I probably rode Rock and Roller Coaster over 300 times. Oh, jeez. Between closing it and personal, um, personally riding it. Yeah. Um, it was definitely over 300 times um, that I just, I absolutely loved the ride. And, but yeah, to close out the ride, you would, um, if you were a greeter or a fast pass, you would walk the line. Um, and then when you got to the actual building, you would close the door and then you would pick up the person that's in the main lobby, make sure all the guests are, no one's behind you. And you're kind of just like funneling everyone out. And then once the main lobby where you meet Aerosmith is, is all cleared out, those cast members are now available to do a ride through. Uh, so basically a ride through is just basically the last car. Um, all the guests have gone through now and the last car is just cast members and we ride through the ride. So, and then when we get to the unmoor platform, we now know there are no more guests on the ride. Um, and we're, we're signaling, signaling basically where the ends, like this is uh, where the end where we get off and everyone's done for the day. Okay. All right. Well, that's really cool. So uh, I don't think, say I get motion sickness and I don't think I'd be able to stomach it all the time. Like I, I can do it once cause I take Dramamine and I'm fine. But after that, I'm, whew, I don't think I could do it 300 times. Cause we were, we were talking about how a little bit before the show, you're, 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 you go to Six Flags Great Adventure, which is near us. I've had to stop going to Six Flags because I used to be a season pass holder, but now my motion sickness gets the better of me where even like taking Dramamine I'll like after one roller coaster like I'm I, I'm like I'm okay but I can't do another one so that's why I still love Disney because Disney's attractions you don't have to uh, go to the parks or go on roller coasters all the time it's just there's a lot of other things to do um, oh yeah no I'm I definitely get that um, when there were some people that uh, were closers that couldn't ride the ride um, because of the flashing lights or anything like that because they had um, epilepsy or um, oh wow it caused seizures uh, so they were geared to stay like um, when they were positioned they were either positioned outside or in the studios um, they weren't at the load platform uh, because of the camera flashing uh, so they uh, stayed away from that platform but they were good at like the unload platform. Um, I wonder why they would even put them on that attraction. Like, why would Disney put them on that attraction if there's like even a chance of them possibly seeing that? I mean, I'm uh, not. That's like kind of like over. That's kind of a rhetorical question. I'm just like thinking yeah. out loud. <laughs> yeah, at the time, it was. She wasn't known to have, like, we didn't. We never witnessed it. Um, it was just known in her past. Uh, that was her medical um, history. Um, and she said even herself, she's like, I haven't had one in a very long time. Uh, but they just didn't want to take a chance on that first platform. Like, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. Um, itself. So it was just one of those things that was like, hey, we'll make sure you're like away from it. Um, so just in case, like it does trigger her. But uh, she was she was a, one of the hard working people in our group um that was at that attraction but yeah it was definitely interesting to know but then everyone had little things like some people just didn't like to um to ride the ride because they just weren't roller coaster people but it was my main goal i was like more rides for you yeah i was like hey you don't want to ride the ride sure and if i was like at the load platform at that time for that night and i was like i want to ride so we would actually switch positions like a person that didn't want to ride would take over my position and I would hop on the ride be like okay I'm going on <laughs> so so yeah it, it was always like that was one of the benefits of working there I was like I get to close out my night by riding a roller coaster what's better than that for sure yeah cool so yeah I just want to sh- uh, shift gears for a bit uh, so I want to know a bit because we talked about uh, Fantasmic so I want to know uh, a little bit about what you were doing over there um, so mainly because I wasn't fully trained to handle certain things in Fantasmic, because um, my main uh, primary role was 
rock and roller coaster, um, you were allowed to pick up other shifts in different aspects of it, and you kind of learned as you went. Um, so, I was mainly um, Parker sh um, stroller parking or the VIP section. Um, so, it was like the center of the stadium. There was a little roped off uh, section that if you ate at, um, I think it was just the Brown Derby at the time. I know there's another restaurant now. I can't think of the name of it. But if you ate there and you got like the, I think dime, Hollywood and Vine is one. I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's the other one. Um, it was more of kind of like a benefit. Like you ate here. Here's an additional um, like benefit. You get to sit in VIP seats for the Fantasmic show. Yeah, and you it, don't have to worry about seating or anything. It's worth it if anyone ever wants to do it because we did it for the brown with the Brown Derby for like the Fantasmic dining package. It was great. We just like. We were going to eat dinner anyway, so you might as well just, like, do the VIP. It's no extra cost. It's, I mean, I think it's, like, a prefixed meal, if I yeah. remember. And then, yeah, you get, like, the VIP seating, and it worked out great. You didn't have to use a fast pass. You didn't have to wait online. You just have the seating. So, well worth it. Yeah, yeah it was definitely um, enjoyable um, with those because then, because there was so little of them, you got to like interact with those guests and like talk to them and like they would ask you questions you would ask them questions um just like how their stays going and like you you made it a little personal for them um to make it more enjoyable and they didn't have to worry about being crowded around people and uh, because that was our job to make sure people didn't go under the ropes it, um only the people inside the ropes were meant for those people only um, and then after a certain point, we took down the ropes once everyone was seated, but it was like their own little seclusion. It was like, hey, I'm VIP. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm kind of special right now. I'm enjoying this show. And it was always also a good seat to um, position to be in because one of the first or second times, I, I actually never, I didn't see the full show at the time when I took the shift. I was like, all right, I, well, I need to see the show so they actually at that time they stuck me in the vip section and so i'm just standing there and at the back and i'm watching the show granted i only watched about three-fourths of it because the last ending you have to start prepping for the um the next show and like and getting that all ready but throughout the majority of the show you're just standing there watching making sure everything is going all right for the guest there's nothing wrong um, and all that, but you're also kind of watching the show. So it was kind of like a two for one situation with me. And then I finally went back later on. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the show in full. And it's actually probably one of my favorite shows there. Um, and I tend to drag my family and friends anytime we go to Disney. I'm like, hey, I'm going to the show. You can come if you want or not. But this is where I'm going to be at this time. Like, so if you need to locate me, this is where I'm going to be. <laughs> Awesome. That's well. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, Fantasmic is definitely one of my favorites for sure. And I, uh, we, I believe we're seeing it uh, on my next trip. So I haven't seen it in probably like six years or so. Um, uh, cool. So uh, I also want to just talk about you really quickly. Uh, you said you did some parade work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was the parade um, that they had was the block party uh, parade. Um, and it was just a bunch of Disney characters and, uh, from like Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., uh, and a few others. And they would all come out and, um, there was two sets. There was the one that was along the main street, uh, in front of the Sorcerer's Hat. And then when it went and turned, um, it went down towards Star Tours and that second was the second set. So it was... A 30-minute parade, but it was split into two 15-minute uh, sections, and we weren't part of the parade. We were kind of like the guests, like pick up your feet type people. Oh uh, yeah. But whenever you stay behind the, the ropes, those types. Yeah, of, yeah, right. Yeah. So there was um, sometimes with those types, it was more you were just the guest barrier, uh, make sure they didn't run out in front of the floats and all that. Uh, but if you were at the front, you're kind of also the face of the the parade, so you had to be like very energetic. And I got to be one of that. And they're playing um, the celebration song um, by I it was, uh, Cordon Blue. 
um, from High School Musical. He was, I believe, he was the one singing it. And they're just like, everyone's escal- um, going down the main street, and like you're like just having a blast with the guests, but you're also trying to pay attention to make sure the guests are up on the sidewalk and everything. So, a lot of that was, I felt that was less stressful than Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, because you just or telling people, like, just stay up on the sidewalk. Like, you'll get to interact with them once it stops and everything. Though, the dancers will come uh, grab you and, like, uh, the little kids and everything and play with them. Um, but So, with the parade itself, that was very manageable. And then there was also the High School Musical 3 uh, play uh, show that happened in, the, uh, in front of the Sorcerer's Hat. And they were on a movable float that came down Main Street and parked right in front of the hat. And then we had to create a giant um, barrier of just uh, like us as cast members, like in a U formation. And it was just mainly us between the kids. And then once the float stopped, it was like, all right, then the dancers did what they had to do. I There's about eight, seven, eight shows, if I can remember correctly, a day and whenever we had to do those shifts. So listening to those songs on repeat <laughs> throughout the day got very stuck in my head. And I'd be at like Rock and Roller Coaster the next day listening, like just hearing a song playing in my head. I'm like, this does not go well with this ride. Like it's just not that. <laughs> sh- you, mean like, you, you mean you didn't have, um, why am I playing Steven Tyler screaming down, like he's counting down the three two one i feel like i would have that stuck in my head all the time <laughs> so after two weeks of working at rock and roller coaster all the background noise uh, the, the music the sounds and everything like faded away i like half the times people were like oh you must love this song and i'm like what song and i had to like tune in like, <laughs> oh, I, this is the song you're talking about so it, it definitely hearing it on repeat so much and the, just the four songs that constantly play over and over again that you just tuned it out and I was like okay like I, it just became I just heard people I didn't hear the music or anything like that yeah awesome I, uh, that's really cool um, okay so I want to shift gears slightly so I want to know about between like those those the, the three different things you worked I mean mainly you did the rock and roller coaster but I want to know about like some of the magical moments that you might have uh, created for guests uh, while you were working there so there are two things that instantly pop in my mind um, one was it was a conference uh, like a convention that um was happening and um some of the attractions were still open um and so the convention was um was kind of winding down and the attractions were closing for the night and so tower and terror and rock and roller coaster were two of the attractions along with um great movie ride and toy story midway mania um those were the four main attractions and then in um indiana jones that's where they were eating like they had set up old tables down on the stage and everything like that oh that's cool so one of the um the magical moments it wasn't intentional but everything on um that guest see in hollywood studios is technically um what we call backstage um when you're at the attraction the cast member is on stage um basically because they're performing for you but when you see them like walking through the streets and everything like that, that's why if you ever notice at the parades, it's probably consistent of uh, merchandise people, rock and roller coaster people, um, Tower of Terror people, kind of like help guiding the parade along. Because um, those are just like filler positions that we get if there's like not a rotation for break or anything like that. Uh, so at night, when we're all walking together, we're walking down um, Hollywood Boulevard. And we turn onto Main Street towards the front gate because that's where the cast members um, tend, can exit. We don't exit through the main gates, but there's um, where off to the right there's an entryway that an exitway that uh, the mouse hole that um, cast members go through that we can exit. And a mobster was coming from guest relations to drop off their stuff uh, from their attraction for like Lost and Found and everything. Every group. Um, every attraction does that. So if you ever lose anything, 
and you don't know where to go, go to guest relations. They'll probably have it. Um, so they were walking up Main Street and we just happened to turn and there were still guests like in the shops on the street of Main Street. And all of a sudden, one of my cast, mem uh, cast member friends screams, oh my God, it's the mafia. And because he's just walking dead center down the road and all of Rock and Roller Coaster and the bell hops just scatter and we hide behind like mailboxes and everything like this. And the mafia guy is just walking down the street acting like all tough and like and all this and everyone thought like all the guests stopped and were like what is going on like this is a little like unconventional like show of like and it was just more us just playing around <laughs> and making light of the event but it was like for them they're like oh we get something like this happens and no one knows about it like the mafia guys just walking down the street and everyone's supposed to scatter <laughs> and it, it was so it was just a little, little fun tidbit of like magical moment for those guests that were out on the street at the time and be like oh wow they they really enjoy themselves if they're playing this much into it so the the mafia guys were like this the streetmosphere characters that is that's what you mean right um so in great movie right you know the uh, there's either the cowboy or the yeah uh, uh, mobster yeah uh, that that mobster um, oh gotcha okay the ride so he i guess was tasked at the time to bring everyone down um bring the lost and found down to guest relations so when he was oh walking, sorry i was okay you i was confused at, okay i gotcha okay all right oh that's that's really cool though that you're able to like do that little like magical thing for them <laughs> that's so funny. yeah and and it was all on a whim too so it was like he stayed in his role like we all didn't second guess it we all kind of just ran when my friend screamed that um the mafia was coming and like we just i remember hiding behind one of the fake mailboxes and i was like <laughs> all right we're just gonna kind of creep around this and and one of my, i if i can remember correctly i think one of my friends actually told the guest like make sure you stay quiet like so they don't see you and like it, it was just like really involved because we're also all walking so we have our backpacks on and like we're in full costume still so we're like everything's still kind of like immersive and we're still like we're giving you the backstage like feel of it like so we're like you're seeing first off rock and roller coaster people walking with bellhops and going from there and then walking from like walking down uh, Hollywood Boulevard into Main Street and then seeing the mo uh, mobster and then interacting with them and then seeing all the guests and then after the mobster like walked past um, um, walked past everyone everyone just went back to normal and we just continued walking so it was kind of like a weird flash mob <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool <laughs> uh, so we're kind of winding down on time here but uh, do you have a you said you had like one other magical moment that you want to share yeah, it was just a little uh, family. Um, it was their first time ever coming, and we had to um, basically give them. Uh, we had to choose out of everyone a VIP tour. So basically, giving them, uh, take them through the fast fast lane, making them kind of feel like a VIP going through G Force Studios, which is Rock and Roller Coaster. And I basically found this family of four. Um, it was their these uh, mother and um, father and their two daughters from Ohio and they were having a blast already and I just happened to see their first time buttons and I was like hey you guys want to go on a tour of uh, Rock and Roller Coaster and it was perfect because it was like a 40 minute wait and I was like come with me and I kind of gave them a backstory uh, that we had it set up where uh, G-Force Records is the re recording studio for the guests who, um, the celebrities who were staying at the um, Hollywood Tower Hotel um, that's where they stayed, and then they came over here to record their music and everything like that. And we like we just played it up, and throughout the entire thing, they were having a blast. And like I got to re-ride them twice um, through the back door, um, and you just basically envelop them and be like, "Hey, we're gonna take a town car to the concert because the parents weren't going on; it was just the kids." And I was like, "You take the stretch, we'll take the town car, and we'll meet you at the con um, concert." And, <laughs> It was just like so fully enveloped and we finally got there and they had a blast. They actually went to guest relations and they gave a compliment card to me um, 
for the whole experience and it goes on your record and everything like that so if you ever have a good experience out there and you're um at disney i think now it's um you can do it via twitter but um go to guest relations see what they um you can do for that uh, cast member because it does go on their record and it does look good for them because it, they get recognized for it so it was always enjoyable yeah, no, it's a, it's a definitely a big thing on Twitter now. I think it's a hashtag cast compliment. Uh, I'm double checking just to make sure people do it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if you ever want to do it, go on Twitter. And if there's a, if you just kind of at Disney Parks or at Walt Disney World or get WDW Guest Service, just do hashtag cast compliment and uh, yeah, they'll see it. So. Uh, or yeah, go go to guest relations and yeah, I, I totally agree. I think if you have a great experience, which sounds like you did, and you told me some cool story elements about Rock and Roller Coaster that like I never thought of before. That like with the whole Tower of Terror, or I should say the Hollywood Hotel. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I never thought about before. Uh, so that's really neat that you're able to do that. Um, so I want to yeah. know. So I want to know like uh, as you were working there. You didn't have to be working at this point, but like, what's your favorite memory of uh, when you were working down there? A lot of it probably is just the friends um, you make. Um, like, just also like you're living on your own, but you're experiencing this crazy memory of um, experiencing everything. Like, how um, I explained earlier. I never went to the parks. So my first thing, and my probably my absolute favorite memory, is I took the ferry over to Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom was my first park ever. Um, and I go there, and we take the ferry across. I see Magic Kingdom appearing, and it's super early. And one of um, my friends became like a sister to me uh, throughout the uh, program. Um, and I still uh, talk to her every so often now. Uh, she lives in, I believe, Tennessee. Uh, she moves between Tennessee and Florida. Um, but she introduced me. Um, she like brought me to Magic Kingdom, and we got to ride on the trolley, the horse-drawn tr- um, trolley, with the um, barbershop um, quartet singing along. And we're going down Main Street towards the castle on this trolley, being serenaded by these guys <laughs> it was just like am i in a freaking fairy tale like this is very strange that everything is matching up and just going along that way and um working out to that point so that is a very fond memory of just my first time ever going to any of the parks and just be like all right i'm getting the ultimate experience right now just being walking down uh, main street so a lot of it is um, handled that way. And then some other memories are just making friends. Like I have friends that are from Amsterdam, um, England, Australia, um, China, and then throughout the United States, friends in Texas, California, Oklahoma, um, New York. Uh, some still live in Florida, still working for Disney. And um, all basically all over. So it was a great experience. And there were definitely highs and definitely lows um, each day. Um, like you have some great experiences and some really bad experiences. But overall, I just had a blast. I, I wish I had stayed, but I was like, I kind of at my end of my seven months, I was like, I have to return to reality, <laughs> at, at least in my mindset. Um, because it was just like I had all my my life was still in new york and this was just kind of like an opportunity to move down and try something out new and get something on my resume and everything like that well i mean it sounds like for your first time going to disney you did it right um and yeah it's it's great that you took that that leap of faith of just moving moving to disney without ever being there before and just working there and I mean, it sounds like you just had the the time of your life, but I'm I'm assuming you've been back to Disney just multiple times now before, uh, after the after the internship. Oh yeah, I've uh, definitely def- uh, been there a few times since. Um, the last time I've been there though was a few years ago, because um, I was mainly traveling to other states and everything like that. Um, so Disney was kind of put on hold, but next year I am planning 
to go because all of my friends that we um, friend group that we made at um, during that internship it's actually a 10-year reunion um, next year so everyone is like they created a whole oh. group and everything so we're kind of having like a class reunion that's awesome <laughs> so everyone's going it's like for I believe a full week and um, everyone's like booking at the same hotel um, so we can like interact with each other again and then on top of that like everyone's going to the same parks and just be like be basically one of those obnoxious tour groups but not as obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> no that's such a good idea having a reunion in uh in disney for that that's oh, that's so great that's super cool yeah um well awesome so the last question i want to ask you for today before we get out of here um i always love to play the the disney background music uh in in the background of these episodes but i always want to cater it to what the 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 person on the show what they what they like so i want to know what's your favorite uh disney parks background music so i could put on the show that see with disney music i feel like everything is enjoyable um it's definitely one of those things where it's like you're gonna be just super upbeat and enjoyable no matter what music you're listening to even if it's like the doom and gloom of like the haunted mansion music and stuff like that um so I really don't have a particular favorite, um, like something along of like the backdrop of uh, Fantasmic, um, like that, like Mickey's imagination. A music has always set in my mind um, as just like like playful music, and like it's always given me a little bit of energy. Um, so I would probably suggest if we listen to that, that would be great. Yeah. Cool. No, for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely put that in. Um, well, John, that is it for today, but this has been awesome. I mean, you definitely taught me a lot about uh, the rock and roller coaster stuff that I didn't know. So, um, but John, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Uh, it's been a blast having you and hopefully you had some, some fun as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And thank you for inviting me. This, I always enjoy talking about my Disney experience. I think my friends are finally sick of it, but I'm glad that someone else wants to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> I can, I can but... listen all day. Yeah, but thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so make sure you enjoy the rest of your Halloween season because uh, I, I know I'm going to. I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely try. And hopefully my uh, Halloween decorations turn out pretty well. Awesome. All right, well, John, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Well, thank you, John, for coming on this episode. Man, I learned a lot about Rock and Roller Coaster. There's just so many cool things and little tidbits that you had going on in there. That was just, yeah, so, just so much fun to listen to. So, again, appreciate you coming on the show today uh, and discussing all of that. So, remember, guys, if you were a previous cast member and you would like to come on a future episode of the show, just please reach out to me at matt at excesspresspodcast.com and we will get you on an upcoming episode. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode today. Make sure you are subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please leave a review of five stars if you can. It'll really help out the show. Make sure you're checking us out at excesspresspodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes over there. Uh, and make sure you are following me on social media at excesspresspodcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you're definitely going to be wanting to follow me on Instagram within the next couple of weeks when I go to Walt Disney World. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a lot when I'm down there. 
And uh, let's see, what else we got? And yeah, if you would like to leave a voice message for me, I, I haven't talked about this in a bit, but if you want to leave a voice message, I would love to get uh, your voice on an upcoming episode. Uh, just if you have any questions or anything like that, hey, send it in. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you could shoot that over to me at matt at xspresspodcast.com. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.